The number one fear men have is failure. This fear can manifest in a number of different ways. One of the most predominant ways this fear can appear is through the fear of man, the fear of the opinions of other people. The questions that arise in our heads are what will they think? What will they say? What if it doesn't work out? And what if I fail? We are going to tackle this fear. We're going to learn what the Bible has to say, and we are going to see from the words of Jesus what we have to do to overcome the fear of failure. Let's get into it. You are listening to Raising the Standard, leadership, mindset, and development for the kingdom man. If you've ever wondered, how can I be the man God created me to be? Or maybe you asked yourself, what purpose does God have for my life? If that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. My goal is simple, to help you access the unfair advantage all Christian men have and give you actionable strategies to reach your full potential. My name is Josh Kachadorian. I am a best-selling author, husband, father, disciple, and son of Jesus Christ. If you're ready to get off the sidelines, upgrade into your identity as a kingdom man, and take the territory that God has for you, then it's time to raise the standard. Hey guys, welcome to the show, Raising the Standard, Leadership, Mindset, and Development for the Kingdom, man. That is you. That's why you're here. That's why you're listening. And today I want to tackle an issue that we as men deal with. We all deal with it. And if you say that you don't have any fear in your life, if there's nothing that you're afraid to do, if you don't wrestle or struggle with the fear of failure to some degree, I'm going to challenge you and tell you you're probably playing small. You're probably not going all in if you're not stretching yourself, if you're not getting uncomfortable, and you're not putting yourself in those situations that require you to man up and step out and use more faith in that area that you know you need to press out into. So if you do the research, guys, the number one fear that comes up that all men have is this fear of failure. It can manifest in a number of different ways. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. The number one way that it manifests in my life, and I believe this is a common theme in a lot of men's lives, is this fear of man, this fear of what are people going to think of me? What if I fail? It's all connected with failure. You know, what's the perception going to be? And it probably has to do with our need for status, our need for image, and how we level up and measure up in terms of perception. We care about how we're perceived. We care about our reputation. We care about showing up the right way. And if we show any perceived weakness, that can make many men nervous because we're just not comfortable and we're not confident and it reveals some insecurity. And you know it and I know it that many guys are wearing masks. They're armored up to cover up those insecurities, those failures, those fears of letting people too close for fear of you may see that I'm not totally the man I'm trying to project that I am. So I want to share this quote with you. It's really powerful. It really impacted me and set me free in a number of different ways. And the quote is this, if I don't live for the praises of men, then I will not die by their criticisms. Think about that for a minute. If we are not living for the applause of men to hear their praises, if that's not our driving force and the driving fuel for our mission and everything we do in life, 
then it won't matter if they don't criticize us because their criticisms won't matter. So let's look at this in the context of the kingdom of God. Let's look at this from the perspective of the Bible, because the Bible has a lot to say on this issue, and I want to get into this right now. So the Christian life cannot be divorced from the cross. I want to say that again. You cannot have Christianity without the cross. If you call yourself a Christian, if you're submitted to the government of God, the kingdom of God, and that is ruling and reigning in your life, then there is a cross you must submit to in your life. And this can also be looked at as a co-crucifixion. This is what Paul called it in Romans chapter 6. This death represents, first of all, living unto ourselves living for our selfish desires, for the things that are in our heart, for the promotional needs that we have. And secondly, it also applies to the opinions of other people. So let's just ask ourselves, are you living for yourself, number one? And number two, are you living to please people around you? Have you become a people pleaser? Have you become someone that always needs to seek the validation of others? And we live in a society right now with our social media channels. It's so easy to measure or to look and say, wow, am I getting engagement? Did someone like my post? Is someone approving of what I have to say? And if we don't get it, that can make you feel smaller. But that is not how the Bible would instruct us to live our lives as Christian men. So in Galatians 2.20, Paul's writing to the church here, and he's telling them that they are co-crucified. So let's take a look at this a little bit closer. I'm going to read you this verse in the Passion Translation. Paul writes, My old identity has been co-crucified with the Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one, Jesus, lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. So guys, we have this image that Paul is presenting that we are co-crucified. So if you are co-crucified, if you are dead in Christ, if your old nature, living for yourself, living for the opinions of other people, is literally nailed to the cross, and that's what co-crucifixion represents, then we are not to live for the opinions of other people, for the fears in our hearts that hold us back from stepping into the fullness of everything that God is calling us to be. If you want to go deeper into this, in Romans chapter 6, Paul will unpack this co-crucifixion to a greater degree. And he's actually going to say we're co-crucified, we're also co-buried, and we are co-resurrected. However, the co-crucified life means I am dead to the opinions of others. It doesn't matter what they say or what they think. I'm not living for their opinions or for their validation. I'm living for an audience of one. This audience of one is Jesus. When we live our lives for him, through him, and to him, that is the only thing that matters in the landscape of eternity. So let's talk about failure. And I want to say this, failure is always associated with risk. Because if there's no risk and there's no chance of failing, then we're playing small. I said it at the beginning of the episode. If you don't have any fear, if you're not stretching yourself, if you're not constantly pushing yourself to the next level to get uncomfortable, whether that's in the domain of your fitness, whether that's in the domain of your work area, stretching yourself, pushing yourself, and even in the domain of your faith, 
to do some things you've never done before and to step out into an area that will require faith in God, then you're probably not living a life that's playing big. It's not playing big enough. It will be a clear indication that you're playing small if you've eliminated all the risk from your life. So guys, I said this this term or this phrase stepping out a few times and you've probably heard it before. Hey, are you stepping out? Have you stepped out? You need to step out. And let's look at where we get this metaphor from. It can be found in Matthew chapter 14. And this is the story of Jesus walking on the waves and Peter stepping out of the boat to meet Jesus. And I want to break this down for you really quickly. The winds are raging the waves are raging. The disciples are in the middle of a lake. They're in a boat by themselves. And all of a sudden they look out and they catch Jesus in their line of sight and they see him walking on the waves. And the Bible says they were terrified and they see Jesus and he yells out to them and says, be brave. Do not be afraid. Now, let's look at this really closely because the disciples are seeing Jesus and Peter is there and he's watching, and they're all astonished. They're all in awe as they are watching Jesus walking on the waves. However, something comes alive in Peter. They're all watching Jesus, but Peter lights up. So there's something about Peter as he's watching with the rest of the disciples where he just comes alive. He's literally lit up in his soul, and he sees the supernatural. He sees Jesus walking on the waves. He's fully ignited, and he asks in this sudden outburst, I want to come out and I want to join you. And Jesus says, go for it. Come out and join me. And Peter steps up in this moment of faith. He's fully ignited. He's fully on fire. And he steps out of the boat and starts walking on the water in pursuit of Jesus. Now, guys, let's point out here, there were 12 men in the boat and only one had the courage to risk it. Only one had the courage to think what his heart was really telling him to do. He was getting stirred internally and he said, wow, this is my chance. This is my opportunity. I'm going to step out. And you know what that meant? 11 men sat there passively and watched Peter step out of the boat and go after his dream in that moment. So let's just recognize Peter for the courage and for taking a massive risk. He steps out, he pursues Jesus, and he's bold enough to articulate what I'm going to guess was in the hearts of the other disciples. So right now, is there something that you want to go after that other people are just on the sidelines watching? And maybe you're there right now, but you feel this need, you feel this urge, you feel this ignition within your spirit that you have to step out and you have to go for it. I want to encourage you, just like Peter did, he didn't care about the opinions of men. He didn't care about the opinions or the thoughts or what are the other guys going to think of me. And I guarantee you, they were probably watching him saying, I wish that was me. I wish I had the courage to step up and step out. Peter also risks enormous failure here. He could have gotten shut down by Jesus. You know, that's a bold question to say, can I join you? You know, the other disciples might have thought, who do you think you are? But this guy risks it all. And he says, Jesus, can I join you? And he could have got shut down. He could have been told, hey, not right now. This is not for you. This is not your time. But he steps out. And he also could have failed. And we know that he did. He took a few steps. He did really well. He was moving in faith. And then all of a sudden he saw his circumstances and he falls into the water. So he starts strong and he ends up failing. And when he fails, 
Jesus is there to train him. Jesus is there to lift him up. Jesus is there to power him. And later in life, Peter will not fail. He will go through training periods. He will take risks. He will fall down. But if we fast forward from Matthew chapter 14 to Acts chapter 2, Peter is found standing in front of 3,000 people boldly proclaiming Christ with power. So this man took risks. This man grew from those risks. This man got uncomfortable. This man stepped out. So guys, there's this concept within the Bible that I want to bring to your attention. And there's a phrase, and I've always been fascinated by it, and I want to share something with you because I looked into the original language to get more detail around what this means. But we can find God talking to Old Testament prophets, and there's a saying that he usually says where he says, set your face like a flint. Actually, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, when he prophesies about the Messiah and he prophesies about Jesus, he says that he will set his face like a flint. And if we talk about what a flint is, this is the definition. A flint is a stone. It's a very hard, dark rock, and it's used figuratively in the Bible to express hardness, as in firmness. Um, It's actually reference to horses' hooves. It's the toughness of an impossible task and the inflexibility of unwavering determination. And we see this figuratively used with many prophets in the Old Testament. And when you see set your face like a flint, it is a figure of speech that the prophets use to describe the Messiah's, Jesus' unwavering determination to persevere in the excruciating task that was set before him. So whenever we see set your face like a flint, it has to do with crushing fear. There is no fear of man if you're setting your face like a flint towards that area that God's called you to step out in. So I want to give you three takeaways from today's show. Number one, assess where you have fear in your life. So here's the question, guys. Are you playing small? I want you to do an assessment and actually ask yourself and look a little bit deeper Get underneath it and ask yourself, where am I playing small? Where can I step up? Where can I challenge myself? Um, Where can I step up and where can I step out into the unknown, into that place that makes me uncomfortable? And here's the question I want you to ponder this week is what will that look like for you? It's going to be different for everyone. So I'm not here to tell you what it is, but I'm here to tell you to seek it, to ask the Lord about it. And you may know right now, you may know, okay, this is what I needed. This is confirmation that I'm supposed to pursue that thing that's been in my heart that I've been thinking about. I've been praying about it. And now's the time. So maybe this is a confirmation word for you. Take it. Number two, stepping out is not for you. It's not for your sense of ambition. It's not for your sense of pride. It's not for you to say, I did it. I powered through. Look how great I am. I I feel so accomplished. Now, There will be a sense of accomplishment when you do step out, but let's keep this in perspective. It's not our human will. It's not our human power or ingenuity that makes us amazing. Like if we step out and we do something, we need to be able to give the glory to God because we are co-crucified with him. So if we're co-crucified with him, stepping out in order and in pursuit of something God's calling you to is most likely going to mean that you're submitting your flesh. You're pressing down that area of pride, that area of ego, and you're pushing that down and denying your flesh to do something that's going to glorify God. And it's going to do something that you can't attain on your own willpower. 
And even though I'm telling you guys, it's not for our pride, it's not to fulfill our sense of accomplishment, I want you to be expecting and surprised at how God will work through you. It is amazing what God wants to do through you and how he wants to use you. And that's our right as a son to reflect the image of our father and do amazing things with him. And number three, whenever you're stepping out into the unknown, keep your eyes on Jesus. Put him first. Peter literally had Jesus in his sight when he stepped out of the boat. And he had to keep Jesus in front of him at all times. And we know that he failed because he looked at his circumstances. He looked at the size of the waves. He took his eyes off Jesus. He started looking at, we could even say it was the opinions of men. We started with the number one fear of failure and the fear of man. And it could also represent that. The circumstances could represent what are others thinking? What are the disciples thinking? What are they thinking over there? What if I fail? And when Peter starts to do that, that's when he starts to fail. So guys, in closing, I want to tell you, I'm very thankful you're here and that you're listening to this episode if you got this far in the show. Um, sincere thank you. Guys, my mission is to inspire, to motivate, to encourage, and to equip you to be the man that God called you to be. And as we pursue this together, let's put aside the fear of man. We should never have to apologize for what we're doing as we're pursuing God and his will for our lives. So who cares what they think? Who cares what they say? I just want to encourage you to go after that dream that's in your heart, that God-given dream that you feel the Lord telling you to stretch and push for. Run after it. Let's press in and let's pursue the upward call in Christ Jesus. Guys, I'll see you on the next show. Until then, let's raise the standard. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If what you heard here today resonated with you and you want to fully step in to be the man that God created and called you to be, then I want to give you a free guide. It's called The Map, and you can get it at standard59.com. In The Map, I will give you 12 biblical strategies that every kingdom man pursuing biblical masculinity must honor. If you're ready to step off the sidelines and pursue the upward call, then get the map today at standard59.com. That's standard59.com. Hey, if there's a brother in your life that needs to hear this message, then share this show with them. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps get the message out there to more men. Until the next show, guys, let's raise the standard.